Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and yes, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Welcome to Outside the Sheds as we start and kick off our 51st episode together. I hope you were here last week for the 50th episode. We had we had treats, we had beverages, we had we had celebrity guest hosts. Okay, well, we didn't have any of that. But I'm going to tell you it was an incredible 50th episode and I'm excited for the next 50. So, the only way we get to the next 50 is we got to take the first step and here we are. Episode 51 outside the sheds with your host and your Shed Adamus, Mr. Six of Eight, Corey Jackson. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. I know that this is a big thing that's going on on television right now, Shedheads, where, you know, you have all these gambling shows and, you know, and what do they always say? Make sure you gamble responsibly. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's what we're worried about. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, if you have to put a disclaimer after you tell somebody to bet their freaking house payment, make sure you gamble responsibly. Maybe we're onto a problem. I was, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, def- I'm, how should I say this? I'm going off the rails a little bit right now because you never know. You have to adapt to the flow. And that's what we do here on Outside the Sheds. You don't know where the conversation's going to go. That's what makes this an exciting show. It makes me a, a, an incredible host for you, being the Shed Adamas, because I can flow. I got a little bit of ninja skill. I can pop in. I can pop out. And not like breaking one or breaking two with that type of popping either. But what I'm saying is, I got done watching tennis last week, right? Because I'm a, I'm a tennis fan, and it's a good, the summer swing over here in the States, you know, you got... You were, you were up in Canada. You got to see Jeannie Bouchard wearing her 15 different outfits for the week. Pleasurable, yes. But still, then we got on. Now we're in the western and southern. We're in Cincinnati, which means I got to see Chris Collinsworth doing commercial after commercial after commercial, uh, saying how Cincinnati is a place you want to go to. Um, and then we'll finish off with the U.S. Open here in a couple of weeks. But Tennis Channel was going on about a player that was taking ridicule and being bullied online about gambling. But what does Ch- Tennis Channel do before every match? They give you the, the 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 betting odds on who to go for. So what you're doing is you're you're now saying, oh, it's so bad to say that, but don't forget the odds for the next match. And it kind of takes it away. That's not what we do here on Outside the Sheds as I come back on the track right now. Do you see that big rooster of a dirt trail that I just did as I jumped back on the highway? That's what it was right there. A little Tennis Channel rumblings and ramblings. But six for eight. That is what we went this last week. And it's going to get tougher. I know that. Or it should. We remember I was at what? Uh, We were in the 60s. High 60s for our finals predictions last year. But what I'm saying is you just don't know because every team reacts differently when stress comes in, when they have to perform. Uh, And so it, it gets tougher to pick these games because, you know, none of us are truthfully in the jerseys, in those sheds. But let's go over a very unique round 22, women of league round. That's something we can all be proud of, right? Uh, the, the the incredible women in our lives, no matter if you're single because there's a reason for that, or because you have an incredible significant other, 
And guess what? If you can't date worth your you-know-what, at least you probably have a mom who somewhat loves you as well. So here we go. Let's go over these picks. Let's go over these this last round that we had. And it started off with the Storm taking it to the Raiders 26-16. 18 in a row for the Melbourne Storm. And I'm going to tell you something. 19 is going to be tough, isn't it? That's what we're all excited about this upcoming week with a... a a tussle between the, the, the Bunnies and the Panthers. But that hasn't happened yet. And right now we're just talking about 18. And the Storm did Storm things. And you just, you kind of get that sensation that the Raiders, they've got some they've got some firepower coming back this week. Chance Nichols clock starred. I probably said it wrong, but I'm a big fan. Uh, is coming back to play. A lot of people didn't think he was going to play at all this season after his injuries. But he's going to be back in the side. But is it too late for the Raiders? And I guess we're going to have to wait to see because they've got the manly Seagulls uh, coming up this weekend. So it's not going to get any easier. Panthers 34, Dragons 16. The Nathan Cleary show is back on. Uh, I don't know if he's bracing or is that a shoulder shoulder, shoulder charge. So don't come this way with this one, Shedheads. Leave me alone. I'm not making any type of... Uh, side note, or uh, give me my opinion on that, it could have gone either way. Uh, but one thing we did find out, and one thing that Nathan found out, he's comfortable with his shoulder. But the Panthers get the victory over, once again, the non-fire-breathing Dragons, and get the setup they need to play the Rabbitohs this week. Roosters 21, Broncos 20. Well, what do you say? Roosters are back in the top four. Okay, we can say that. We can also say that Kevy's got Brisbane going in the right direction, which it was, you know, last time I checked, I look at Kevy every week when he's doing his, his press conferences and, and everything, and for what Brisbane has cost him and what they put him through to start the season, it looks like Kevy's kept his hair. So that's a good sign. Um, but it looks like he might be, how should I say, breaching a little bit. Because that that Broncos team looks like a team that is starting to gel. And they're going to play tough week in and week out for him. And that's all he's been trying to get. And you could say that all this started when Benny Eichen showed back up there. And we don't want to say that because we don't want Benny to get too big-headed. Uh, but at the same time, the Broncos are playing some incredible football right now. And, and maybe they're not getting the full results they want, but what a turnaround. They're not going to get the wooden spoon this year. And and I think that every game they've been playing in, they've been competitive lately. They really, really have. And this last match, how this match ended with, with, that, with that high hit, I'm going to go over that a little bit more about some of my feelings and sensations uh, coming into um, when we go over this round a little bit more right before we go into the 40-20. But, uh, come on. Nobody who watches Rugby League thinks that was a penalty. No one really thinks that was a quote-unquote high shot. And that is what we have to watch out for right now in this game, is, is, is costing teams when we get into the finals from a mediocre quote-unquote high shot. And that's what scares all of us right now. But we'll have to see. Next, Rabbitohs 36, Titans 6, Dylan Walker dominates, Titans get crushed, but
But the most important thing that comes out of it is 30 plus points in eight straight games, breaking the record for South Sydney. And I'm, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things that are really leading up to this this battle we're going to have between Penrith and South Sydney here this weekend uh, that makes it exciting. You know, can Penrith slow them down so they don't, so they, you know, they break the streak at eight games for 30 plus points? Um, do, quote unquote, the Panthers get held back from getting that mojo fully back um, as they go on to their their top four finals finish and, and 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 like I said, hopefully battle to get back to the grand final. Uh, but I will tell you right now, Wayne Bennett has his boys playing some incredible football right now, uh, and Cody Walker might just have taken the lead in the Daily M race. So good stuff, good stuff coming from the Rabbitohs right now. Tigers 24, Cowboys 16, two in a row for the first time all season for the Tigers. Who knows? Maybe this documentary is firing them up. I know one thing. Madge has said that that the that the uh, that the wagons have been how should I say tightened. These guys are hanging out. They're playing together. That might all be true, but again, it was a bludger of a game. Watching the last two victories for the Tigers, if they're playing anybody else besides the Cowboys and the Bulldogs, they don't win those games. They don't win those games. And, you know, you could be happy that the Tigers have won two in a row, but I think what's happened again is this is just delaying the inevitable, that they finish probably in ninth or tenth spot. I know, no, I nobody, if you somewhat love the Tigers, want to hear the, the number nine again. But you just get that sensation that they're just kind of like dangling the carrot just to pull it out the last second. Yes, I just said it. They have turned into Lucy from Peanuts. They're going to pull the ball at the last second. But, eh, what can you do? Sea Eagles 56, Eels 10. The Manly Young Guns continue to soar. That's all you can say about that, Shedheads. They, these guys, this team, it is incredible to think that this is the same Manly team that the first month and a half of the season everyone wondered was Desi going to get fired and now Desi looks like a genius he looks like the mad scientist that the locks are flowing and he's got Manly exactly where they want to be and the team that pretty much no one wants to play and they showed that with the with the look on on belly Ake's face where he started thinking that I might have to see these guys again come finals time uh, be careful. The Sea Eagles are soaring again. But on the other hand, you have to look at the Parramatta Eels, which I'm going to do in a, a more of a deep dive when we finish this recap really quick. But the Eels are, to say they're struggling is an understatement. And this last loss, they now are out of the top four. Warriors 24, Bulldogs 10. That's three wins in a row for the Warriors since RTS, Roger Tuvasashek left to go back to New Zealand. This team, this team has got something going on, Shedheads. And I'm going to say something right now. You've got a spine combination coming into next season with Sean Johnson, who's now taken his family back to New Zealand, has been released early. He's, he's back heading there now. Sean Johnson, Reese Walsh, and Tavita Harris in, in the halves. This is going to be something special next year 
for the Warriors. And I think there's a reason that you see a little bit of a smile on Sean Johnson's face because he's going to be able to go back and hopefully steer this young club around and be the, I don't want to say the old hat, but I guess Sean Johnson will be the old hat on the club. But I think he will steer this club. And I think that you're going to see a maturation that went from just this young gunslinger to a guy that's going to be the person that holds it all together. And I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Sean Johnson become the captain of the team next year. Um, But that's next year. This is this year. Uh, Warriors, three in a row. And I really think they have a chance to make it four this week. And finally, Knights, 16. Sharks, 14. A game that truthfully felt like a finals week one game. Um, Again, the referees, which we're going to go into in a second make a call with a strong defensive play by the Sharks, forcing a player back into the end line, back into the try line, and they don't get rewarded for it. And I don't know what Chicken Legs Checkin was thinking. I don't know what he was... I, I don't know. And see, that's the problem. That's the problem that we're going to have. We're going to talk to it here in a second. But the Knights find a way to win. The Knights continue to push forward and make their push to the final eight. Now, let's go back to this since it's the fresh thing that we're talking about. Let's talk about the referees. And Graham Ansley will stand up there and he'll try to tell you that, you know, there's so many other things that these, these you know, from, the, from drops to mistakes that he's just tired. I'm just tired of hearing these coaches. I'm tired of them just taking the referees to task. Well, here's the thing. And I'll say this about every sport. If I know you're on the field, no matter if that's a a football referee, a hockey referee, I don't care. If I know you're on the field, that means the game isn't going well. That's because the players aren't determining the outcome of the game. The referee's whistle is helping determine the outcome of the game. And the reason I fell in in love with rugby league back in the day is not because I want to see people get hurt. Not because I want to see um, carnage, but I love to see a game that usually the players determine the outcome of the game. And yes, you sometimes had some whistles being blown. You have to. I'm saying that's there has to be policing too. But it never was the fact that I dreaded going to a game. I hope the referees don't get involved this week. And I'm saying that's a lot. I'm saying I've been watching the game now for 10 solid years straight, okay? So all of you who have watched it way longer than me, I can't even imagine what you guys feel about this. But it's not that we want to see guys getting knocked out. It's not that we want to see uh, just straight-up homicides out on the field. But when you're making tackles and you don't have headgear on, your head's going to get collided with occasionally and when a guy accidentally hits you in the beak with his arm I guess you can say that's a high tackle but I'm saying you can you walk into a door and you get hit harder than that and it scares me I'm, I'm really worried I'm really worried shedheads that we are going to have a referee decision cost a team a match in the finals this year. 
And somehow the NRL is going to have to sell that into, well, we're just trying to keep our players safe. Well, we all want the players to stay safe. We also want to see a game that we loved. And we want to continue to feel like we're watching a game that we fell in love with. So the NRLs caused themselves a real problem. I, I, you know, you heard me the last couple of weeks giving big time praise to Peter Valanzi's and the way that he's kept the competition going these last two years because of COVID. But he really dropped the ball with this, uh, this high tackle, this high contact, these charges that the referees, it, it's, it's out of control and it makes the game not fun. And I hate to say this, but it makes the game not fun. Because I'm not looking to see, again, what the players can do to determine the outcome. I'm dreading that the referees are looking for every possible way to blow a penalty. So, that's it. I'm done with my soapbox. But keep our fingers crossed that that these guys will maybe referee it like state of origin when we get to the finals. But I'm really worried about it. Now, let's go back on and talk about what I was discussing earlier about the Parramatta Eels. And again, by this this loss from this last weekend, and and the real the real problem this is going to bring upon the team. Um, first off, they're out of the top four, and I think none of us feel that Parramatta is going to go far if they don't finish in the top four. Mitchell Moses is still carrying a back injury. Dylan Brown has totally disappeared. Well, that is unless you talk about his shocking blonde hair that a guy is going to die. Uh, to draw attention onto himself when he's having a horrible season. Clint Gutherson, the captain, has, is, is, is blowing up at times he's never blown up before, having some yelling matches at players occasionally. And I understand that it's difficult to captain a team when, when you're not maybe playing you know, up to potential or the way that you saw the season coming. But Gutho is usually a pretty cool cat, right? So you kind of see with some of his outbursts and his reactions recently that he is really troubled and that he's feeling the weight of this. And it just makes you wonder. It makes you really, really, really wonder and question if there will be a coaching change at the end of the season. If Brad Arthur is that safe. And I'm going to tell you something. If, if, if Paramount gets knocked out early, there probably will be a coaching change for the Eels. And if you think about how the season started, none of us probably projected that this is where they would be at at this current time. But they're here. They're there right now. There sounds like there's infighting about the some of the rooms for the players. Guys with me are more seniority, have bigger... It, it's... It's things coming out of this camp right now. And now there's a lawsuit coming down about players from getting paid. Um, Jared Hain and one other player allegedly getting paid by a company that's now bank. Just you know, more fire, more fire, you know, more things just thrown onto this burning ember of a pile. And I don't know if they can survive this. I don't know if they can pull out of this. And even though they've got a team that they should be able to right their ship with, with the Cowboys, and, you know, the Cowboys are having their own problems. Um, Todd Payton's, you know, up to it up there. But you, you, have to, you have to say it's a must-win game. Because if they don't win this week, 
They'll make it to the finals, Parramatta will, but they'll get bounced round one. And they're in, they're in trouble of getting bounced round one anyway. But if they don't make a show this weekend, you know, Brad Arthur gave them a bunch of time off to just get away and to find themselves in a bond. I, This is going to be something to watch. This is going to be something very interesting to watch because we really could watch a team totally, how should I say, flame out and not see them whatsoever. Um, when we thought they, you know, what, eight to 12 weeks ago, the big talk was, is this Parramatta's year? And now there's talk that they're going to be bounced in round one. So that is the real, besides the referees and their whistles and, and the chart, and, and let's not even talk about that, is watching Parramatta actually implode inwardly on themselves. So going to be fun to watch. I'm really interested in this match this weekend uh, between them and the Cows to see if we get to see an Eels team act like they should be in the finals. Now, let's go into the 40-20. And I want to start off this 40-20 talking about a player that's not even right now in the NRL, but a player to me that is one of the most special players that I've seen play the game since I've been following him. And that's James Jimmy Maloney. The, the pest, some people have called him. Premiership winning 5-8 for the Roosters in 2013. The Sharks in 2016. And I will tell you that one of the reasons that I have such a bond and fondness for Jimmy Maloney is Jimmy Maloney was the 5-8 for the Roosters in the 2013 title game, championship game, final against the Manly Seagulls. My first game I ever got to see live. And I'll never forget Maloney busting through the middle to set up that try that pretty much uh, the Sean Kenny Dowell on the right side that I'll always remember. Um, and 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 I also remember by sitting there looking at, at Maloney and he's not a big dude at all. Not a big guy. But he's up there amongst giants compared to him and he's just leading the boys around the park. And... And now you see him, you know, he goes on, he wins at Cornell in 2016. He kind of, I would say he was one of the major revitalizing factors in Penrith, kind of getting back and, and kind of waking up and, and, and reemerging as a power at the, the foot of the Blue Mountains. But he then leaves and goes to the Super League with the Catlins Dragons. And if you know anything about the Catlins Dragons, the Dragons... A team that I, of all the Super League teams that, that play, the team that I follow the most uh, since Todd Carney went over there. But they really haven't had a great deal of success. They won the Challenge Cup, yes. But before then, they hadn't lifted any silverware. They're going to, this year, going to win the minor premiership. And this is all because of Maloney. And now I know it takes an entire team to win and to win trophies and all and all and all. But the guidance of this guy and what he's done and just he gets to a club and it takes a couple of years and they're playing for something. And it's happening again. And they've got to be considered the favorites. They've lost two matches all year. 
two matches. And I really think that him and he's he's playing in the halves with uh, S X West Tiger, uh, Drinkwater is there with him. But I just think I think this is Maloney's time, and I would not be surprised if the Catlins Dragons don't win the Super League this year, don't win the Grand Final this year. And what a capper that'll be for a guy that, to me, a lot of people. Uh, I don't think give the respect that he deserves. But he announces this is going to be his last year. He's going to retire. And the big the big thing, the real crazy thing about it is there's big talk that he's going to stay in the south of France. That he's not coming back to Australia. He's going to keep his family over there. So no matter where Jimmy Maloney ends up or keeps his family, I will say hats off. Congratulations. Thank you so very much. Like I said, he's been one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, and I just hope that he finishes by lifting more silverware and gives Catlins their first championship in the Super League. Now, worrisome news from the Manly Seagulls is that Tommy Travojevic has a hairline fracture in his cheek that he received from his matches last weekend. Now, the crazy thing about this is this is the same cheek he's injured before, because he's got a titanium plate in there. And they think that the fracture happened underneath the plate. Now there was talk about this before, that Travojevic was probably going to possibly be out to the finals. Now, while, that is cra- while that's not a good deal for Manly, is even though that this, the Seagulls are flowing right now, they're, they're battling for a top four position. And this is going to come down between them and the Roosters. I think we all feel that. I think we all think that. I, I don't think any of us think that the Eels are going to to get past these two teams. So it's a, it's a battle between these two birds. These two birds. And we know how Manly plays with Turbo. They're a totally different team with him. But with all that being said, now it comes out that Turbo has been named in the side to play this weekend. And the doctors are, are going to give him a, a bill of a clean bill of health that he should be okay, and he wants to play. Now, I think that's a real dilemma for Desi because if he takes another hard knock, does he get injured any more that might prevent him from the rest of the season? And we've seen him saying the last two years, we have not finished the season with Turbo in the jersey, in the manly jersey. He's had to leave it because of injury. So this is a big, big, big call on Desi's part. And you really wonder if he's going to go with the standpoint of putting Turbo in this weekend or if he'll rest him this week and let him come back uh, and see if they can finish strong with the last two weeks of the season. But big, big call coming for Desi Hasler. And and, and it's going to be exciting to see uh, what he decides to do with Turbo. Now, another guy that kind of kicked off the whole high tackle and let's blow the whistles and see if we've got asthma or not uh, with the referees, Victor the Inflictor Radley. And Victor's taken an early plea deal to miss the final three games of the season for the Roosters for his dangerous tackle on Albert Kelly when Albert Kelly was going for a kick to put the Brisbane Broncos up in their matches last weekend. 
Victor came in, hit Albert Kelly in the legs. It looked bad. Uh, a lot of people thought that Albert Kelly might have been, might really be seriously injured. Uh, he started alligatoring on the field. If you don't know that, uh, look at Animal House if you need the definition of what that means. Um, but he was laying there. Good news, Albert Kelly is fine. But the problem with this and that I have is that I think we talked about this uh, earlier with Jack Hetherington. Um, if there are certain players that are being targeted because of their, their past. And I think the NRL has to think about getting rid of carrying over points and all this type of stuff. I think that every case needs to be ruled on a case-to-case basis. And care, these carrying over of points and all this type of stuff, I think that's outdated. I think it's outdated. And, and myself, yes. Do you want to see a guy take out another guy's legs? No. But do any of us think that Victor was going on purpose to take out Albert Kelly? No. None of us think that what, not even for a second. He got the timing wrong and he didn't lock onto the ball and he just dove at the area. And unfortunately in the area was Albert Kelly's legs and the rest is history. But I think it's a harsh penalty. I think it's something that the NRL has to clean up. I think that's something they have to work on because I just think this carrying over stuff has got to end. And I think case to case is something we need to do going forward. Now, I, I we were talking about high tackles. We're talking about the violence of the game of the NRL, Shedheads. Uh, it's part of one of the things that draws us to the game is the the chance of, 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 of grown, strong, big individuals running to each other at, at high rates of speed. Yes, we love the car crash, right? But none of us want to see somebody get seriously injured. None of us do. And... The troubling images from this weekend of, of Andrew Fafita um, taking the shot to the throat and we end up finding out that he had a serious injury. And if you've seen some of the footage afterwards where they actually had to lay him down, he, he started coming off the field troubled after the game and it's because his throat was swelling up. And the doctors were a little bit concerned. They were confused of what was going on. Because Big Andrew would continue to play the game. The rest is history. Well, jump ahead a couple days. Andrew gets put into a medically induced coma. To calm his body down. To, to help the swelling subside. Um, and and to, to, to kind of keep it from kind of panicking on itself. Well, good news. He had successful... Boy, I was supposed to get the definition of how to say this properly. I think it's laryngeal laryngeal surgery um, to repair his larynx. And it came out well. His doctor said it was a successful surgery, uh, that he is project, projecting a 100% uh, full recovery for Andrew, which I think is something we all want to see. Uh, I don't think this becomes a, a matter of if we want to see Andrew playing for the Sharks again next season, because I think we all do. I think that's that's the, that's the a no-brainer. That's an understatement. We all want to see big Andrew Fafita back. But the most important thing is that Andrew Fafita is healthy, that Andrew Fafita has a productive life going forward, uh, and that he's 
healthy to be there with his family. So um, good news at least that it looks like this surgery has gone well. I know the family is asking for privacy as he continues to heal up and to get through this. But uh, heal up, big fella, uh, because I'm a big Andrew Fafita fan. And I think the game is better when you see him just lumbering and running people over uh, like a 4 by 4 Now, really kind of unique stuff that came this weekend uh, was Moses and Bai. And Moses came out and accepted a, a contract uh, with the St. George Illawarra Dragons. This contract is going to see him with the Dragons till the at least the end of 2023. Now... Where it gets a little strange is Moses' reactions and his comments where he said he doesn't want to be a hindrance to Madge's future uh, with the way that he names a side or tries to build a side going forward. Now, some of us feel that Madge has probably got three games left of this tenure with the Tigers, right? But I don't really know... Or I don't know if I've ever heard of a situation where a player accepts a contract with another team. Because you have to understand, over here in America, that doesn't happen. You're not negotiating with other teams where you're signing contracts to play with, that that you're with the Los Angeles Rams and you sign a contract halfway through the season that you're going to play with the Dallas Cowboys the next year. That doesn't happen. That you know, t- Fans over here would lose their mind if that happened. So it's a very unique concept that the NRL uh, and even sometimes the, 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 the AFL have with these negotiations during the season. If I ran either one of these organizations, that's the first thing that I would, I would get rid of. That There's plenty of time in the offseason for negotiation. And I know a lot of people will say, well, that's what the November 1st uh, you know, timeline is where guys can start. Re- no. No. You know, like... We should have occasionally a story about a guy being linked with another club. But in the NFL, they would probably call that tampering. Like, why the heck are you contacting my player when he's under contract with my club? So I have a huge issue with that. But it was just very unique the way that Moses said that, that he didn't want to be a hindrance to Madge going forward. And this is going to bring an end to three and a half years of Moses and Bob being with the West Tigers. And I don't think... It was anywhere close to what Moses had expected when Ivan Cleary bought him over to the club to be the team's fullback when he came across to the Tigers. And I, I think that's that thing that makes it very, very difficult in sport. When one coach sees you, one coach wants you, and then all of a sudden he gets you to that destination, and then he leaves. Because that next coach that comes here, he might not have wanted you. And I think that's what Moses, unfortunately, has had to deal with for the last three and a half years. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The Dragons are poaching just the right type of players and just kind of, how should I say this, filling their coffers up strong. I think if you look at the, if you look at the Canterbury Bulldogs and you look at St. George, these are two clubs that are making moves and that have made moves they're going to make them some wild cards for the 2022 season. These these clubs just make you kind of go, huh, I wonder what they're going to fully be like. Will they have cohesion? Will they have a, 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 a want to play for one another? But uh, 
I don't think any team gets worse by adding Moses and Bai to their roster. So congratulations to Moses. Hopefully he gets to a place where they really want him, they can use him, and that he can kind of, how should I say, revitalize his career and start playing football with a smile on his face again. And then we go to the last story of our 4020, a kind of another unique one. It's a, it's, a, it's a chook coming home. Connor Watson. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Shedheads, about the great Connor Watson. I think I've told you about my my honeymoon with my, my lovely bride as we went on a shark expedition to Adelaide, or I should say off of Adelaide, Port Lincoln. And then we went to the great country of New Zealand, for the Auckland Nines competition. The Roosters win that competition with Connor Watson. And everyone was thinking Connor Watson was the future. I don't know if I've ever told you after the after those great chooks won that Auckland Nines competition. Latrell Mitchell kicks the ball into the crowd. And as your Shed Adamas sits there catching these moments on camera. Just just emblazing these moments of seeing the Chooks in probably the greatest uniform of all the Auckland Nine competitions. I don't get told that there's incoming, as they would say in a military movie. There's incoming. That incoming would be the championship ball. That incoming would be a bird flying that way, sent to me from the heavens by Latrell Mitchell. As I relive this with you right now, Shedheads, I get a tap at the last second as everyone around me starts to panic is incoming. The ball is coming right towards me. And I don't look up until the last second as I catch prosperity on the lens. But there comes my wife, the great missus. And she's going to bring it in. She's going to bring it in for the team, for team and country. That pauses for effect, folks. Shedheads, that lovely misses. The ball bounces off her hands. She takes the, a, a chair to her lower back. A mark that she probably still carries to this day. But I think the point of this story is, if you've got a chance, let the person know next to you that you got possibly incoming. Let them know. It could be a total different outcome. And I will tell you why it's so important. is because no matter how strong of a woman this woman that I share my life with is, she still carries the PTSD of not bringing the ball home. And the greatness of your shed Adamus is you'll never let her forget it. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know where that came from. I guess it was because Connor Watson was on that Roosters Club. But damn, what a fun story to retell. And one that I will harbor till the end of my life but Connor Watson is coming back home and I think the thing that's really strange about this is it's a football decision and what I mean by that is Connor Watson has taken less money to come back to the Chooks to play for Robbo and Trent Robinson than the money he was offered to stay with his really good pal and buddy and roommate Kalen Ponga and the Newcastle Knights Robbo is told 
Connor Watson that he thinks he has a possibility to coach him into a the number 14 jersey for the New, New South Wales Blues. And I think Connor Watson knows that he's not going to be the 5'8th for the Chooks. He's not going to be the hooker for the Chooks. He's not going to be the 13. Victor Adley's there. So the best thing Connor Watson can do is be the best interchange in the business. Because if you think about it, there's not many other interchange guys that could play all of these positions. Now, he's going to battle with, for me, the battle will be between him and Jack Whiten for that 14 jersey for the next foreseeable future. Because I really don't, you know, I guess you could play Jack in the centers, but I just don't think that the way the Blues are set up right now, that Jack Whiten can just get into the day-to-day grind of that team because there's just too many other explosive parts that you can put in the Blues. So that means that Connor Watson and, and for me, Jack Whiten will battle for that 14 jersey for the next three to five years. And if you if you ask me, there's not a probably a, a coach out there that I wouldn't want to coach me up. Because if, you have to understand, yes, you could say Billy Ake's the best coach in the business, right? Yes, you can say Wayne Bennett brings the best out of sometimes his, his Queensland Bruins clubs when he coaches them. But Robbo has a relationship with Connor Watson where Connor Watson already trusts him. And I do think that this is a, a, a real coup for the Roosters. And I really think this is a real blow to the Knights. Because I think the Knights, they've got to now ask themselves how they offered a guy more money to come to stay with their club. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going back to the Roosters. And I don't think, I'm going to say this honestly, I don't think, I don't think Connor Watson ever wanted to leave the Chooks in the beginning. And one of the teams that were on the table for him to go to back then was the West Tigers. And I really was kind of hoping he was going to go to the West Tigers. I think that he he might have done some special things there. But he went to the Knights. Uh, and I just don't think that he's he's been able to play, you know, get that 5-8th position uh, that he was hoping to get. I'm saying there was even rumblings that he was going to go play rugby union, which is what he originally started to play. But... Um, I think it's a, a great call on both their parts. The Roosters bringing him back um, and and for Connor Watson to go back home. So that's big, big news. That's that's huge news. And I think I think you got to watch out. I think we have to watch what this means because he's a popular guy with the Newcastle Knights. And does this have an effect as they finish their season and then in negotiations with players in the offseason? Don't forget, November 1st, there's going to be negotiation times for Kalen Ponga. Will Kalen Ponga stay at night? He said that he wants to finish his career with, with Newcastle. But does this affect because his good friend is now left? We'll have to wait to see. But um, Connor Watson, congrats on a new deal. You're going home. Now, let's go into round 23. And let's go over some of these picks and take a look. Thursday, tonight... Tomorrow morning, whatever you want to say. We've got the Titans versus the Storm. The Titans have had a good run, but I'm going to tell you something. The way that they looked this last week and the way that they got took to task by the Rabbitohs do not give me a strong feeling on what they're going to do with the Storm. And I have a feeling, well, let's just not say it. I've got the Storm in that one. Friday, Raiders versus the Seagulls. 
Like I said, Chance Nichols Clockstar is back. And even with Turbo possibly not playing, I'm still taking the Seagulls. And then we have the big Friday night matchup. Panthers versus the Rabbitohs. Uh, one that you will be able to see. Both of these matches you're able to see off of uh, Fox. I think it's FS2. Is showing both of these. But I'm going to say this. I'm, I've gone on a limb. I know that Abby Curacao is back. It looks like all the big key components the Panthers have been missing will be back this week. But I'm taking the Rabbitohs to win this. I don't think they're going to get their 30 again. But I've got the Rabbits beating the Panthers. Saturday, Tigers versus the Sharks. A must win for both teams. Loser eliminated from uh, finals competition. And I'm going to go with the boys that ate Quint. I'm going to go with the Sharks. Then we have the Bulldogs versus the Knights. We don't even have to go into this for a long time. Sorry, Trent Barrett. We're taking the Knights in that one. And then the one that I told you we were going to talk about a little bit, Eels versus the Cowboys. Does Todd Payton get his boys to believe that they can beat an Eels club that really has no idea what I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing right now, but they have no confidence in what they are doing. So I'm taking the cows. I, I really, I know the money says to go towards the eels, but I'm going to take the cows to upset the eels. And then to finish out the round, we've got the Broncos versus the Warriors. I'm, I'm, hey, I all chips into the middle of the table with the Warriors club right now. I am taking the Warriors to win over the Broncos. So, let's go over the picks. I've got the Storm, the Sea Eagles, the Rabbitohs, the Sharks, the Knights, the Cowboys, and the Warriors for victories this weekend. Now, as I transition to the other code that we cover on Outside the Sheds, I think we should take a moment to pause and to lower our heads. The, the Richmond Tigers... Their dynasty as we know it right now. Their chance to add on to more trophies to put into the box. The ability to scream yellow and black in, in front of a microphone has come to an end. Okay, now with that being said, the Tigers lose to Greater Western Sydney 106-67. to the sad part about it was the Tigers were never in the match. They really weren't. Um, even though both of the teams were missing key players, you know, Dusty, we all know, um, for the Tigers. But, you know, GWS is, was, was missing quite a few people as well. Um, Toby Green wasn't in for them. But the Giants just proved to be the better club. Uh, their passing was precise. It was on. The Tigers just seemed like they were a team running around in quicksand. And really, I will say this. This is what it kind of reminded me of. They reminded me of a team that just needed a break. That that all the chips were against them, and they finally just said, you know what, I'm unplugging right now. We'll be, we'll be back. We'll be dangerous again next year. Dusty will be back. But we just don't have anything left. And we're just really ready to shut it down. That's what it that's what it reminded me of, and that was the feeling that I got watching them in that match. 
because I kept waiting for them to re-kick, you know, kick off, kick off, kick off, you know, come alive, and it just never happened. And even though I watched the match in its entirety, um, it was never really a match. And then, you know, Kachi goes down with, 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 a, with a little bit of a knee injury, a PCL injury. Um, so, so Trent Kachin is not going to play in the last game of the season. So he's been shut down. Um, so who knows how the Tigers actually finish off the season um, because they have, to, they have to run into a on-fire Hawthorne team. Uh, and speaking of that, the Hawthorne Hawks played their final game in Tasmania under the helm of their coach, Alistair Clarkson. Uh, Clarko finishing off with a big victory, uh, and the boys sent him out on top. 64 to 37. Now, why that game really had some meaning to it is one, it was Hawthorne's third victory in a row, but two, the underwhelming, underperforming, just the Western Bulldogs team. And you just wonder, I, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago when there was a key injury with that club or for that club. I said, how does this affect the dogs going forward? And I said to you guys, I said to you shedheads, I said, every team reacts differently to when a big piece, big component in your season goes down with an injury that you know you're not going to be able to take and continue that ride with that player. And he's just not going to be there on the field, in the battle, in the wars, in the trenches. And I said, it's going to be, it's going to be unique to see how the doggies handle this. And they've lost two in a row now. And you have to really worry about them going into the finals. They really need a victory this weekend to just help them feel good about themselves. And it it, it is not going to be an easy weekend to get a victory. But that is definitely something to pin. Definitely something to think about it. Um, and something I think that's going to be very, very exciting for all of us to follow this weekend. Now with Melbourne... We've got one, two, three, and four. We've got the we got the D's at one, the Cats at two, the Power at three, and like I was just talking about, your Western Bulldogs at four. Solidified. Those four clubs are are one through four going into the finals. Now, we don't know which positioning they're going to be, but those are your one of four. The final two spots, seven and eight, comes down to a battle with four teams. All right, coming into this weekend. We've got GWS and Essendon at 7 and 8 right now. You got West Coast and Fremantle finishing out those to make those four teams the two the teams that are battling for those last two spots. Now, I think right now West Coast Eagles are DOA. Dead on arrival. They're done. I don't see the Eagles lifting their game this last weekend, I just think they're a club also a little bit like Richmond that just would like this season to end. Freeman, on the other hand, they're kind of a loose cannon. And I and I really I don't know. I just I just think the doctors are gonna make it very, very difficult. They're not gonna go down without a fight. Um I still myself think Essendon's gonna find their way into this top eight and they're gonna stay there. But I'm going to say something right now. 
GWS is in for a war this weekend. And even though on paper Carlton doesn't look like a side that's going to really trouble them that much, I think the Blues, it's going to be Eddie Betts' last game. I think this club is going to do everything in their power to bring a victory home for Eddie Betts in his last game for the Blues. I just I just have it a feeling in my bones that they're coming to pull the upset. And I know GWS knows they're going to have to have this victory, but I think that it's going to come down to the wire and do not be surprised if the Blues don't pull the upset over the Giants this weekend. But with that being said too, I want to I want to definitely take a hats off to Eddie Betts. Um a proud indigenous man, but an, but an incredible footballer, uh, a, a voice, a true voice in the game, uh, a man who has no problems and had no problems standing up for the right cause and being a voice of reason at times uh, when hate tried to push its way uh, into the limelight in the game. And Eddie Butts never took a step back. Even though, you know, a lot of us will remember that last interview that he did where he said he was just tired. He had tears in his eyes. But uh, he will be missed. And uh, what an incredible career. And congratulations, Eddie Betts. And, and hopefully the Blues boys help you get your victory to end your career. Now, my match of the round, I can't pick one. I, I can't pick one. Because we have... The, the, the last weekend of the regular season, a battle between one and two and three and four. The, tell me if it gets any better than that. We've got Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs. Number three versus four. And we've got the number two Geelong Cats versus the number one Melbourne Demons. And the reason that this is so big is, yes, these clubs are in a week. Two weeks are getting ready to play each other again. But we don't know which way these these top these four teams are going to be positioned. These teams need victories this weekend, and I cannot wait to see because you can't really rest guys. You know, you you just really can't. You know, I'm I'm saying that Geelong Melbourne match is is for the minor premiership, and I, I, wow, you know, and then. You've got Port and, and, and the Western Bulldogs. They're going to fight so they don't have to play the number one team. So, incredible stuff. AFL, you know, applauses. Because that's what you want when you watch a game is to watch games that really, really matter. So, it's going to be fun to watch to end the season to see who actually lifts the first flag of the season. Now, let's go into the guns. Some, some exciting players. We had a first this week. Wait a second. Did we? No, I think this is a first. My number one gun, first off, Ruben Garrick. Three tries, eight for 10 on conversions, 186 running meters, five line breaks, one try assist, six tackle breaks, three tackles made. Now, why this is such an important week for the guns is the number two gun is his teammate. I know you I know you you guys you might remember the name. Tom Trebojevic. That's right, Turbo's back. 
back again in my guns setup. That's right, Turbo and his frack, I mean, his injured cheek. I didn't use the F word. One try, 187 running meters, two line breaks, five line break assists, four try assists, five tackle breaks, three tackles made, Turbo doing Turbo things. Now the question is, does he do them this weekend? And then number three, Dylan Edwards for the Penny Panthers. Two tries, 229 running meters, one line break, eight tackle breaks, and five tackles made. A really good match, really good game. I know Dylan Edwards has kind of kind of fallen on some, 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 some darker times where he hasn't had some good weeks. Um, but I think with Nathan Cleary back, it's, it's funny that how that one piece to the component makes everything start to flow again. So Dylan Walker looks like he's back. Excuse me, Dylan Edwards, not Dylan Walker. Dylan Edwards is back and, and looks like he's firing on all cylinders going into the finals. Now, as we go into outside the bubble, over here in the States, I know, congratulations, the EPL just kicked off their 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 season. Feels like they just ended, but uh, I know the EPL is back. It was strange to see a packed Old Trafford Stadium as Manchester United played Leeds and got their victory. But seeing that many people sitting right on top of each other with, without masks on uh, was very unsettling to me. Don't know about you guys. It was unsettling for me. But uh, at least if they go homesick, I guess the Red Devils got a victory, I guess you could say. I don't know. But um, I want to do, I only have two good stories for outside the bubble uh, this week. My first one is that we've got worrying signs already coming out of Cowboy Camp for Dak Prescott. He's going back in for his second MRI on his throwing shoulder. One MRI is bad enough. Two MRIs means that we're really concerned and we really don't know what's going on with that shoulder of yours. And now there's talk that Dak is not going to see any preseason time. So you've got a guy that means who hasn't played since halfway through last season because of his leg injury, and now he's got a problem with his shoulder. So if you are a Cowboys fan, I know you're not planning on trying to win a Super Bowl with with, uh, Garrett Gilbert as your quarterback. Or, or anybody else in the si- that you've got on your sideline right now with a star on his helmet. Ben DiNucci. How about that, Cowboys fans? But it's going to be very, very, very interesting to watch what goes on with Dak. If his shoulder catches fire, catches life, is it just throwing shoulder? What is it? Uh, but he's only got a few weeks to get this thing under control. And then my last story, and this has to show you how unique of a season, excuse me, outside the bubble segment this is. It's not even about players. It's about a TV show. But Max Kellerman from First Take, uh, and I don't know if you watch First Take, but right now the big money player on ESPN is the great Stephen A. Smith. Well, Max Kellerman is his co-host on on uh, First Take, and word is coming down that Max Kellerman is going to be removed from first take. And then it looks like it's just going to be Stephen A. And uh, his female co-host, Molly Molly Rose. We'll just call her Molly Rose. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. 
I know that Max is a big, big piece to ESPN, and it sounds like he's going to keep his boxing show, and uh, he he might move on to a, a different morning show. Um, but Max, and, and you know, he does do a a afternoon show over here in America um, for the radio. But I've always liked Max Kellerman. I thought that was a good combination between him and Stephen A. But again, what what do I know? I, it looks like the mouse has different intentions at ESPN. So watch that story, especially if you like First Take, if you like Max, or if you like Stephen A, what goes forward with that. Now, with that being said, Shedheads, we're done with 51. And I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Make sure you leave right now from this from this uh, great podcast. Get your bets in so you can bring it in. Once again, like I said, you shed Adamas, 6 for 8 last week. So let's make sure you get those house payments paid with... With my picks again. Uh, But have an incredible weekend. Finish strong with the AFL season. You got some matches that I think will be memorable. But enjoy it. Like I always say, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson. Your Shed Adamas. Your love director on the love boat. Until next week. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 